What it do, baby? Yeah, you already know. What it do, baby? What it do, Clipper Nation? Welcome back to Shoot the Trey. I am, of course, your host, Trey Gamble, and we are back with episode 24, of course, the Kobe episode. We are playing the Raptors tonight, and it's only... It, it was meant to be, man. Episode 24, the Kobe episode. We're playing the Raptors. Kobe dropped 81 on Toronto, of course. Um, I mean, this this episode was just meant to be, man. It was meant to be. Uh, and before we get into our, any of our segments tonight, I just want to say real quick um, that it, I, I feel like it's been so long. Like, obviously, these past uh, couple of games, we've had two days in between um, for rest. And... Um, I don't know, it just feels like I haven't done this in so long. It's like the weirdest thing where, like, it feels like we've had a week off in between games and it's only really been two days. Um, it, I don't know, it's just, like, some weird feeling. I don't know, it, I've just been so exhausted with the season. You know, doing these podcasts, it really is a ton of fun, but there's a lot of work that goes into it, you know, behind the scenes and stuff, you know, trying to perfect my craft, if whatever you want to call it. Um, it's a lot of uh, grind time, you know, uh, th- a lot of this makes me really pay attention and watch the games in a different way, I guess you could say. You know, I got to kind of, fo- I really got to focus in, you know, just try to get the best analysis that I can, you know, really try to understand what's going on. And, uh, I mean, overall, the podcast has just made me view the game differently. And, I mean, a lot of that comes from Twitter as well. I mean, it, the people's views, you know, it, it kind of, you know, clashing my views with their views, it really kind of, it kind of ch- uh, turned, like, it changes you. It really does. I mean, it's really cool. It's like a good change too. But uh, the way I viewed the game has drastically changed over the past two years, um, ever since I've been active on Twitter. So it's been really, really cool to see. And of course, before we get into anything else, uh, it would only be, it wouldn't be right if I didn't give a small little Kobe tribute. And um, Kobe was one of the first people, the first hoopers I've ever watched. Uh, really, really got me into the game. I remember when I was a little kid, um, I wasn't really into basketball. It was 2010, of course. Um, my dad's like a huge Lakers fan, and one day I just decided to watch the finals with him. Of course, the Lakers-Celtics finals. Um, and I watched Kobe. Um, I, I quickly fell in love with him. Um, Pau Gasol, of course, I really like Pau. Um, I just remember briefly uh, watching, you know, some of those games with my dad, and no, I didn't understand any of it because I didn't like basketball back then. I was way more of a baseball guy back then, but um, that's just my very first memory of basketball in general. It was 2010? I was just a little kid. Uh, I was like eight years old, and you know, watching the NBA Finals for the first time, and. Not knowing where I would be today, you know, just loving the game more than I ever have um, nowadays. And, you know, looking back and watching Kobe in his final years, you know, watching Kobe, just watching Kobe in general, man. It's just, it's, it was just such a fun experience being able to watch one of the greatest ever to play the game. Um, and, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, with the whole thing that happened last year in January, the, the world has pretty much gone completely downhill since that day. And uh, it's a day I'll never forget. Um, I mean, I guess I can kind of go over like where I was um, the moment it happened because I remember like it was yesterday. And uh, I think we could all relate to you know the fact that I think we can all relate to uh, the whole like I know exactly where I, I knew exactly where I was um, when I got the news. And um, I was at home uh, January twenty sixth, twenty twenty. Of course, I was chilling at home. 
Um, I was playing video games with my be- with my homies. Um, I'm like a huge gamer, like low key, low key. Like I play a lot of video games. Um, you know, on my computer or whatever. It used to be a big console guy. But anyways, that's besides the point. Um, I was just playing. I think I was playing PUBG, Players Unknown Battlegrounds. And I'm sure some of you guys know the game. Um, and uh, I'm on Twitter. You know, I'm I was just chilling on Twitter. Um, I was like, it was my early Twitter days, so you know, I would go check it every now and then. I wasn't like crazy active on it. And um, I started refreshing my feed. You know, I all go refresh the feed every now and then on my computer or on my phone, whichever. And I saw this TMZ article, and it was like. Kobe Bryant among those deceased in a plane crash or whatever. And I was like, nah, this, this is TMZ, man. TMZ's, they're always, like, they're always putting bullshit out. I'm not going to believe this. Um, it's just, like, there's just, that's Kobe, man. I mean, Kobe's invincible. Um, I mean, just for someone like, just for someone like Kobe to just pass like that, it's just, I, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, it's TMZ. This is no way this is true. Um, it's just, it's not true. It's just not true. And um, people started, the, the story started gaining traction. The whole TMZ tweet started getting hella traction. And uh, later on that day, um, you got reports from like credible sources that were like, uh, yeah, there was a crash, you know, crash uh, right outside Calabasas, California, to a hillside. Um, There's a few people deceased. There's no survivors. And that's when I really started. My heart was beating. I remember the feeling. That it was one of the worst feelings I've ever had, man. It's like I really did feel like I lost a family member that day. And I know what it's like to actually lose a family member. I'm sure a lot of you guys know as well, unfortunately. But losing Kobe, man, was it really did feel like I lost like a best friend or a family member or like a father or something. It was that day was really crazy. And uh, so. Obviously, you know, Woj, when Woj tweeted it, I started crying. Um, I started breaking down crying. Um, the worst tweet I've ever read was uh, that tweet. I'll never forget reading it. Um, I just, I couldn't believe it, man. It was just, it was a crazy, crazy day. And it's, it's a day that myself and I'm sure all of you guys will never, ever forget. Um, and yeah, so uh, rest up to Mamba, of course. And of course, Gianna Bryant, who is birthday it was recently um and happy birthday to her in heaven i'm sure they're balling out doing their thing in heaven um it's just it was just such a sad day man and um you know seeing all the tributes and stuff for Gigi's birthday was really cool to see and she would have changed the game man she what she was gonna do you know when she was gonna go to uconn and when she was going to get drafted into WNBA, it was going to be such a fun time to see, you know, all the people who, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that like shit on women's basketball for no reason, but it really is interesting, man. It really is. And it would have been so cool to see how many people would have started watching when Gigi was in the league. Um, It would have been so cool to see, um, you know, all that stuff going down. And obviously, you know, I just would have been see, it would have been really cool to see Kobe's daughter you know being in the league or whatever and yeah it's just a really sad day but you know I was blessed to be able to see you know some parts of Kobe's career um and yeah so let's get into our buzz around the league we'll get into um what's been going on and then we'll get into our going to tonight's segment buzz around the league the Clippers clinch a playoff spot for the ninth time out of the last 10 seasons of course that outlier season being the 17-18 season where we didn't have a single all-star 
And this team still had a winning record, but the West, uh, the West is it was still very hard to make the playoffs. The Clippers finished the 10th seed that season, and they were fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, they were in it for most of the time. Uh, obviously, it was a pretty rough season. You know, at the very beginning, I remember we lost, excuse me, like nine in a row or something. And it was weird because I don't know. The Clippers haven't been bad in so long. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, just coming off of Lob City, the first year without Chris Paul, you know, Blake Griffin, DJ was still there. Um, but, you know, Blake got hurt. Uh, he like hurt his MCL or whatever. And uh, DeAndre Jordan was, um, he had a couple of good games every now and then, but he, you know, you could definitely see, you know, what it was like, uh, the difference it was uh, without having, without him having Chris Paul out there throwing him lobs. It was just a different to see. And of course, the Clippers finished 42 and 40 that season. Um, you know, after uh, six straight playoff appearances, you know, the Clippers finally missed the playoffs. Um, that 17 18, I think it was six in a row, the whole Love City thing, whole Love City era. I think it made it six times in a row, um, I think, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, and then, of course, they missed the playoffs the 17 18 year. 18 19 was one of the most memorable seasons of all time, getting that eight seed and then playing the Warriors and pushing them to six games. And then 19 20, of course, we won't talk about that. But um, that 17-18 season is the only season we didn't make the playoffs in the past 10 seasons. So pretty cool to see. I mean, the, the 180 this franchise has done since its existence has been insane. I mean, um, I really do wish, man, that I was uh, alive and <laughs> able to like see the really, really dark days. Because I was born in 2002, and you know things were still tough back then, obviously, but... Um, I mean, just in 2000, I think it was the, the year 2000 that that famous magazine came out. It was the Clippers were the worst franchise ever. Is that the 2000 or 2001? I'm pretty sure it was 2000. Um, you know, and just two years after that, I was born. You know, the Clippers were deemed the worst franchise in sports history. You know, obviously with Donald Sterling owning the team. Um, I just wish I was alive, man, to see how like how much of a shithole this franchise was. You know, back then, but. Um, I mean, seeing this team like doing, I, I've t- I've I've done so much like research on this team in the past. You know, I read a ton of articles about you know the past of this team, and you know, seeing the one eighty they've done um, these past couple of uh, this past decade or whatever has been it's been truly amazing, and uh, I've been so blessed, you know, and I've been blessed and for- I'm super fortunate to see you know the success they've had these past uh, this past decade and it's been super fun to watch and be a part of especially these past three seasons where you know I've been a little bit more active on Twitter you know I've been able to you know connect with people about it you know share my feelings my thoughts and get other people's thoughts as well because where I'm at there's no Clippers fans around here man that's why I'm on Twitter so much interacting with you guys because there's no one for me in person to talk Clippers ball to because no one else around here watches the Clippers it's all Lakers around here where I'm at in Slow County so it's pretty cool to come on here, obviously, on the pod, of course, you know, kind of um, talk about the games, you know, talk about you just think just Clippers ball in general. It's a ton of fun and uh, I can't get enough of it, to be honest with you. So, uh, all right, let's uh, let's get into our getting into tonight. It took a long ass time. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Uh, Pat Bev was questionable tonight after being out for the past like 12 games or whatever. He's missed like 24 the last 26 games. He later became available to play, uh, according to Ty Lue, a few hours before tip-off. Uh, he'll be coming off the bench, and I'm assuming he'll be coming. I, I don't know. It's kind of a tough. Uh, it's kind of a tough puzzle to solve because I'm not sure if Pat Bev will be coming off the bench um, for the rest of the season. I'm assuming he won't, but he's going to have a fat minutes restriction, 
And if you guys remember, he already has had a fat minutes restriction ever since he hurt his knee and came back. Those two games that he played before uh, hurting his wrist or his hand or whatever, he was on a fat minutes restriction. He's played like 24 minutes a night. And uh, tonight he came back and he played very low minutes, 15 minutes tonight, getting his feet wet. He had eight points on three or five from the field, two or three from deep. And he looked good tonight, man. He really did. Three fouls, of course. You got to miss those Patrick Beverly fouls. I really did miss them. And uh, it was just so good to see Pat Bev out there, you know, moving around, you know, doing his thing, um, you know, shooting threes, making threes, you know, the catch and shoot king. Um, it's been, it was just good to see him back out there, man. It really feels like, um, as much as I hate to say this, it just feels like he hasn't really been a part of the team this season. As weird as that sounds, he's just been so in and out of the lineup. He's played like 31 games or something this season. Um, and it feels like he's played like 10, in my opinion. Like, I can't remember, like, five Patrick Beverly games that he's, that he's appeared in this season. Um, I don't know. That may just be me, but it just feels like he hasn't really been a part of the team this season. But, um, I mean, hopefully, you know, these last uh, six games now, um, he can get into a little bit of a rhythm and, uh, yeah, a little bit into a rhythm before the playoffs start. And I don't even know about Serge Ibaka anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if we just don't see him at all this season. I just don't know what's going on with bro. Um, I mean... He tweaked his back March 14th. He hasn't been back since. There's been no timetable for God knows how long. Like I have zero clue where this dude is. And uh, I don't know. It's just concerning. Uh, no idea where he is. No one has no idea where he is. And at this point, I mean, you can kind of tell it's way more than just a back tweak <laughs> or a tight back, whatever. He did a lot more. And uh, he could have had surgery for all we know. We just he just they could know that he's just not going to be back for the season. They just don't want to tell us. I don't know. You know, I I just I I I couldn't tell you to be honest with you. All right, after twenty seven thousand minutes of uh, rambling, let's get into the game tonight. Kawhi PG came out the gates. Two early dunks for them. Um, both from the uh, right side of the basket. Really cool to see uh, Kawhi Leonard looking explosive and. Um, you know, anytime Paul George can get a gets a dunk, it's really cool to see, especially knowing that he's been battling that foot bone edema. Um, and I mean, who knows what it's like nowadays? I mean, he hasn't really spoken about it um, as of recent, if if I remember correctly. Um, I do miss a lot of the uh, post game uh, interviews because I'm doing the pod, of course. But as far as I know, Paul George hasn't really talked about his foot. He hasn't complained about it. He hasn't really mentioned it, or he hasn't really mentioned you know, anything negative about it. So I'm assuming it's doing okay. I'm assuming it still bothers him at some point. So, but he's not going to make that excuse anymore. And I really do appreciate that. And I'm sure a lot of you guys do as well. And it's just been good to see him. Uh, he finally had a good game tonight. Uh, obviously these past three games have been pretty rough. The playoff clinching games, he's been pretty rough after averaging 30 in April. Uh, these, uh, he's had a rough uh, couple of games, but he was really good tonight. 22 on 8 to 16 Two or seven from deep, uh, four or five from three. He also had nine rebounds, four assists, and a block. Um, he's a plus six tonight. And, uh, yeah, just a really good Paul George game tonight. He played 35 minutes. Um, and it was good to see Kawhi Leonard play 33 minutes tonight, ramping his minutes up a little bit, you know, working him back into uh, up to speed. But uh, we'll get into Kawhi in a second. Uh, Paul George is looking aggressive, putting good pressure on the rim. And uh, I like when he does that early on because, you know, if you play basketball before, you know, you'll take it to the basket and uh, you'll see one go in and that gets your confidence will shoot through the roof. If you see if you see one going or even if it's like a free throw, if it's a layup, 
your confidence goes through the roof and you'll just you, you'll shoot the shit out of the ball uh, as time goes on. It's just good to see one go in, one good easy basket go in. And um it the, the rim just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Um and that's what it was like with Paul George shooting 50% on 16 attempts was really good. And Patrick Beverly checked back in about mid, I think it's like midway through the first. Um obviously he came off the bench and uh he got a couple of fouls tonight. He had three fouls I believe and I miss those fouls, man. As annoying as they are, uh, it was good to see. You know, you really knew he was in there uh, doing his thing when he uh, gets those stupid little fouls at the end of the shot clock. I, don't know, I just thought I would throw that out there. And uh, the trio of Rondo, Bev, and Demarcus Cousins playing for the first time together. Um, I thought that maybe they had played like a few minutes. I think Rondo and uh, what's his face. I think Rondo and Bev had played together a little bit, or it was Rondo and Demarcus. Um, I saw a tweet on Twitter where they played so what the combo of uh, Pat Bev and Rondo or Rondo or Pat Bev one combo has played at least six minutes together or something. It's something really short, a really small sample size. So pretty much the trio has never played together before, and uh, it showed. I mean, uh, guys were the spacing was kind of messed up. You can kind of tell I mean, guys just, they're not familiar with each other, and that'll take time. And it's just nice to have these seven games, you know, to experiment with them, see what a, uh, an ideal lineup would be, and uh, just, you know, see what their tendencies are. I mean, obviously, you can only observe and see so much from the sidelines, but being on that court together is uh, really beneficial, and I think these seven games are going to be really good and uh, figuring out, you know, where Rondo, where Bev, where DeMarcus Cousins want to be when they're on the floor together. So it's going to be good. It's going to be a good little uh, process to, you know, see where, uh, we are with those three in the lineup together, and I wish it would have had a little bit more of a seven-game sample, but I mean, uh, it's better than having zero, so uh, we'll take it. Just need Serge to get healthy so we don't have to see DeMarcus play as much. Um, as good as he's been, I mean, I, I don't have a whole lot of complaints with DeMarcus other than the fact that he can't move, but um, I mean, he's been great. Uh, he's been everything you can ask out of a third-string center, so... Um, and on top of that, uh, no two, no two Pat in this game tonight. I'm pretty sure you got a DMP. He did for once, man. That was so nice to see DeMar uh, DeMarcus play over two Pat tonight. Um, and that second unit, I mean, overall, it just looked better, uh, without Patrick Patterson, you know, just not seeing two Pat in there, just a whole ass liability on both ends. If that three is not falling, he's literally unplayable. And that three just hasn't been falling for him recently. Um, and so there's just no justifiable reason to play him. I mean, DeMarcus, he just brings more to the table uh, when he's on. Or even when he's not on, I mean, when DeMarcus, DeMarcus can still bully kids down low whenever he wants. He, he can pass. He's a good passer. Um, and, you know, Patrick Patterson's literally none of that. So, uh, I mean, the second unit, they finally started scoring after a rough uh, couple of minutes because um, they never played together, and it makes total sense. But uh, they had a rough time stopping Freddie Van Vliet who I'm a huge fan of. I love Freddie. Um, you know, just the undrafted guys, um, the guys with the chip on their shoulder every night. I'm pretty sure he has the largest contract of an undrafted player, if I'm not mistaken, like ever. Like four years, 85 mil or something like that. But uh, I really like Freddie, man. He he played great tonight. 27 and 13 assists in 41 minutes tonight. 5 of 14 from 3, 10 to 24 from the field in total. Just a really good Fred Van Vliet game. Didn't really shoot the three ball well, but uh, he did have some timely buckets tonight. Uh, he had two steals as well. He's a really good defender for his size. He's just a good defender in general. Really, really good defender. Um, and uh, one thing I noticed tonight, uh, Tyloo wasn't staggering Kawhi and PG. 
And uh, he said before the game he was going to experiment with some lineups tonight. And that second unit, the whole bench second unit, was definitely an experiment. Obviously, we know Kawhi and PG. And, you know, you still have Kawhi's minutes down. Obviously, uh, he would play that whole first quarter. But uh, he subbed out that first quarter. And then uh, Paul George played that whole first, I'm pretty sure. And then Paul George subbed out at the start of the second. And Kawhi Leonard was still out as well. So you had that whole second unit, the whole bench second unit, uh, to start the second quarter. And uh, they finally started getting some stops. Um, they finally started uh, scoring some buckets as well. It took some time, but, um, you know, just it just takes time, you know, obviously with a new lineup or whatever. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time to, um, you know, get into that rhythm or whatever. And uh, we had a really bad Rondo game tonight, to be quite honest with you. We got uh, Atlanta Hawks Rondo tonight. Zero points in 20 minutes, 0-4 from the field. Uh Three rebounds, five assists, three steals, six turnovers, and he was a minus 12 tonight. So we got a really bad dose of Rondo tonight. Probably his worst game as a Clipper, but I mean, it didn't matter in the end. Uh, Reggie Jackson was really good tonight. 18 points, 7 of 17, 4 9 from deep. I feel like he shot way more threes. Nine three attempts? I feel like he shot like 20. Uh, he was really, he was stroking it from three tonight. Um, Excuse me, good lord. Man, I'm like burping and shit. Like, come on, man. Um, and the Clippers had a lot of awful turnovers tonight, uh, n- notably Rondo, really bad turnovers. He had that one inbound pass that was just so out of whack. I mean, Paul George fell, but he wouldn't have caught the pass anyway because it was so far over his head. I don't know. It was just really bad. Um, uh, Kawhi didn't really show a whole lot in that first half. He had two shot attempts in 13 minutes, ultimately shooting like three times in 20 minutes. Um, ended the, uh, ended the night with six shot attempts. He just hasn't really been doing a whole lot. He hasn't really been trying. You can just tell. I mean, at this point, I've watched Kawhi play for my team for two years, almost two years now, and you can really tell when he's not trying. And tonight was just one of those nights where, you know, he just he tried in spurts. Like the end of the third quarter, I remember he had a nice little spurt. He had a three. He had like uh, he had like two buckets in a row or something. It's just nothing crazy. He was a plus twenty tonight. I mean, a lot of the starters tonight, they uh, Kawhi plus twenty, Mook plus fourteen. Zoo plus 21, and then Paul George and Reggie Jackson were both plus 6. Um, I mean, you can just tell Kawhi wasn't really trying tonight, and that's fine. I mean, you do want to see him be more aggressive. But, I mean, this is a lot – kind of, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the bubble uh, seeding games where, you know, I, more of it was just, you know, Kawhi just missing shots. And uh, people were legitimately worried about him. Like, oh, is this dude good? Like, what's going on here? I remember, you know, Kawhi had shot – Kawhi's game, like numbers from the seeding games were abysmal. And uh, I don't know, it's just right before the playoffs, it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. I mean, Kawhi's still efficient tonight, 3 of 6. But I mean, I just kind of got that vibe tonight where it's like, it's like are people going to freak out about him, you know, not being aggressive or whatever? He's just coasting right now, right before the playoffs. I get it. And uh, I was, I would assume, you know, the last like three games or so, he'll really ramp it up and get himself into playoff mode, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I mean, I'm not worried about Kawhi. It's, it's Kawhi, man. You know what you're going to get from him. Um... And, uh, yeah, so uh, lots of turnovers in transition. Kawhi had a really bad one. Uh, Rondo had a few, I'm pretty sure. And it ultimately led to the Clippers being down six at halftime. And let's get into our halftime thoughts segment. This is going to be the longest pot ever. Wow, I'm already 25 minutes in or whatever. Um, no two-pat uh, was my first thought, and that's really, really good. Um, the Clippers were down like six and a half. Yeah, like I already said that. But uh, having no two-pat was really good. Uh, 10 turnovers for the Clips at half. I mean, just some really bad live ball turnovers it resulted in 10 Raptors points. Um, just nine combined field goal attempts for Kawhi and PG. That's not good enough. I would like 
<laughs> one of them or even both of them to shoot nine times in the first quarter, but having nine field goal attempts combined between the two of them in the first half is just no bueno. And uh, the Raptors were just, they were missing their, some of their best players tonight. Kyle Lowry, of course, Gary Trent Jr. not playing. Chris Boucher, a young and rising, uh, really good player, not playing tonight. We just got to be better. I mean, the Raptors are handing us this game. We just have to be better no matter who's playing. Um, the Clippers just, they just were not impressive. They weren't really impressive at all tonight until like the last few minutes where they really came through in the clutch, just to be honest with you. Um, but let's get into the second half. Um, the Raptors, they've been really good at getting the ball out of Kawhi's hands tonight. I mean, they've done that ever since he's left. Uh, they've been doubling him off of ball screens. Um, they've been, a, they've done a really good job, you know, uh, playing him, um, defensively. Um, I mean, but three field goal attempts in 20 minutes for Kawhi is still annoying. Um, I would have liked to see him post up more. I mean, just isolate yourself in the mid post. I mean, don't call for a screen because they're just going to double you every time like they have been for the past two years. I would have liked to see him more, do more one-on-one stuff, but I get it. I mean, it would have been nicer, you know, to get playoff reps where, you know, he's just in the post, backing dudes down, and they'll send a, if they send a double team, you know, he'll do that thing where he'll just fade into the corner or whatever. That's what I really like to see from him because he's so good at that shot. He just has the bag. He has the arsenal to, you know, handle that when guys double him. You know, he can muscle his way down. Uh, he can do – he has so much that he can do, you know, uh, in the post, in that mid-post area. Obviously, you know, we, you, you know, we've all seen it before. And uh, Kawhi reached 11,000 career points tonight, so shout out to the Claw. And uh, yeah, really good stuff. 11,000 career points. That's a lot of freaking points, man. That is a lot of points. And uh, I talked about it earlier. Kawhi started to ramp it up a bit at the end of the third. Really fun um, end of the third for him. You know, you really thought, um, I was like, wow, he's really going to, he's going to take over in this fourth, huh? Wasn't really much of the case, but I mean, it was good to see him. Uh, you know, actually try at the end of the third. Uh, he had a really good contested three from the right wing, I remember. And um, we get into crunch time. Uh, we'll skip over a lot of that fourth quarter. Marcus Morris had some clutch buckets tonight from that left wing. He really likes that left mid-range uh, spot. He'll post up. It's uh, You see it a lot. Um, the very first play of the game, uh, the Clippers will feed Marcus Morris mid-post on that left block. And uh, he'll just he'll bully dudes down and shoot that. Uh, he'll turn to his right uh, fadeaway jumper, and it's just money every time. And if you know, if it goes in the first time, you know it's going to be a good game for Marcus Morris. And uh, I'm pretty sure he did make his first shot attempt tonight. Um, obviously, they went to him at the very first play of the game, and I'm pretty sure it went in. And that led to him having a great game. Um, I want to, I low-key want to know what Marcus Morris' stats are uh, when he makes his first shot, as opposed to when he doesn't make his first shot from that left uh, wing. I'm gonna have to try to, you know, get into my bag on that one. Uh, he had some clutch buckets tonight. Uh, he took the lead with one of his uh, really good fadeaways. And then Paul George had a really good sequence. He was great. He was fantastic in the clutch tonight. He had that block on Fred Van Vliet, and he responded again with a three on the other end um, to take the lead by three points. And this, the, the Clippers closed it out, man. Reggie had a big three you know, to pretty much seal the deal. And the Clippers won 105-100. to They snapped their three-game losing streak. Back into the 3 CB go. We are now a half game up on Denver. Final stats for tonight. Paul George, 22-9-4. Marcus Morris had 22-6-2. Reggie Jackson, 18-5-5. Really good all-around game from him. And Kawhi Leonard with a quiet 13-3-5. And, you know, we'll show some love to Freddie Van Vliet, who I already did show love to, but we'll read off his stats again. 27-13 and 13 assists. Two steals, of course. And, you know, let's get into our schedule. Uh, I'm pretty sure we played the... 
uh, Flakers next, right? Yes, we do play the Lakers. Excuse me, on Bourbon again. My lord. We play the Lakers again. We have one day off of rest. We have one day of rest. Uh, we play this our quote-unquote home game, whatever you want to call it. You know, Lakers fans always like to say we're always on the road. But uh, Clippers have a ton of fans, man. I'll just I'll leave it at that. Uh, but we do get home court. Um, it's a TNT game. Hopefully, I'm praying. I am praying that we get a local broadcast as well. But I'm not going to count on it. Um, so I'll be definitely recapping that game. Of course, there's no, there's not going to be any LeBron. Unfortunate. Uh, really hope he's doing okay. Um, they, I saw something uh, saying he might miss extended time, and I really hope that's not the case because he is obviously, you know, that's their guy, man. I mean. Uh, the league is better when uh, the best players are playing, of course, and uh, that goes the same for you know the rival team, of course. You know, just uh, I just love basketball, man. I love seeing the best players play, and when the best players don't play, it's just not as fun, obviously. Um, so yeah, we'll be live for that game. I'll make sure to do a pod on that Thursday at 7 p.m. We'll be live right after the game, and if you guys did enjoy the pod, make sure you guys do follow me on Twitter at TreyLAC underscore. I would really appreciate that. That is T-R-E-Y-L-A-C underscore. And yeah, thank you guys again for tuning in and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.